My fingers. Where are my fingers? A guy's walking his dog late one night. I watched Harry Nautilus lean against the autopsy table and tell the world's greatest joke to a dozen listeners holding plastic glasses. Most were bureaucrats from Mobile. Two were lawyers. Harry and I were the only cops. The dignitaries were mostly in the reception area where the main morgue rededication events were scheduled. The ribbon-cutting had been an hour back when he spots a guy on his hands and knees under a streetlight. Harry took a sip of beer and licked foam from his bulldozer blade mustache. The dog walker asks the man if he's lost something. Man says, yeah, my contact lens. So the dog walker gets down on his hands and knees to help. Fifteen minutes later, the dog walker says, Buddy, I can't find it anywhere. Are you sure it popped out here? The man says, No, I lost it over in the park. The park? The dog walker yells. Then why the hell are we looking in the street? The man points to the street lamp and says, The light's better here. <laughs> Harry laughed, a musical warble at odds with a black man built like an industrial boiler. His audience tittered politely. An attractive redhead frowned. Why is that the world's greatest joke? It has mythical content, Harry replied. Given the choice of groping after something in the dark or hoping to find it easily in the light, people pick the light 99 times out of a 100. Arthur Peterson, a deputy prosecutor, lofted a prosecutorial eyebrow. So who's the hundredth guy, the one always groping in the dark? Harry grinned and pointed my way. Him, he said. I shook my head, showed Harry my back, and walked to the reception area. It was loud and crowded, local VIPs churning like a bucketful of mice as they scrambled for position beside an even more important person or in front of a news camera. Guests huddled three deep around a buffet table. A florid county commissioner babbled proudly for a news crew. Like to welcome y'all to the dedication of the new faculties, one of the uniquest in the nation. Proud to have voted the fundage. The tragedy of Dr. Caulfield should remind us to be ever vigilant. I saw Willet Lindy across the hall and plunged into the roiling bodies, excusing my way in his direction. A reporter from Channel 14 blocked my path. I know you, don't I? she said, tapping a scarlet talon against pursed lips. Weren't you part of, like, a big story a few months back? I spun and ducked, and left her puzzling over my fifteen minutes of fame. Willet Lindy stood against the wall, sipping a soft drink. I pulled myself from the current and joined him. It's Walmart three days before Christmas, Will, I said, loosening my tie. Lindy grinned and scooted sideways to give me a piece of wall for leaning. He was four years past my age of twenty-nine, but his gnomish face and receding hairline made him look a decade older. Lindy managed the non-medical functions of the facility, such as maintenance and purchasing. I'd known him a year or so, starting when my detective status made me privy to the secrets of the morgue. Nice renovation, I said. Looks brand new. Lindy was a shorter guy, five-eight, and I had to speak down half a foot. Not hard, I was told I stooped naturally, a large puppet on slackened strings. Lindy nodded. Cosmetic changes aside, we replaced much of the equipment. Plus, uh, we have things we didn't have before. 
He pointed to a fly-speck dot in a ceiling tile. Security cameras, miniaturized. If something like the Caulfield incident happens again, the bomb squad can inspect the scene from a distance. Caulfield was a fresh-from-school pathologist hired six months back. He was performing an autopsy on a low-life S&M practitioner named Ernst Mueller when a bomb in Mueller's lower bowel detonated. It was speculated Mueller had crossed someone inventive with explosives. Dark-humored cops dubbed the perp the Bottom Bomber and figured he'd gotten Mueller pass-out drunk, inserted the device, and left Mueller to awaken, attempt to remove the device, and die horribly. The hard-living Mueller foiled his nemesis by succumbing to a heart attack in his drunken sleep. The only casualty was Alexander Caulfield, who lost three fingers and a career. Not a lot of cops here, Will, I said to change the subject. Lindy raised a dissenting eyebrow. The chief and two...